0: Everyone, my name is Joshua Gilliland, and with me is Jessica Menderson. Thank you for joining us for another installment of the Legal Geeks. Today's topic is one that we all know and love, and that yeah. is Doctor Horrible.
1: <laughs> I thought you were maybe going to sing it. <laughs> nope, nope. Uh, that would be a brand new day, but uh, no, no, I will not be.
0: Uh, no, that will not be happening. Uh, so. Jessica, uh, I know you're quite the fan. I am. What
1: your,
0: what's your favorite thing about Dr. Horrible's sing-along Blog?
1: My favorite thing, although he's not my favorite character, is Captain Hammer, just because I love that depiction of uh, a superhero. I do think more superheroes would probably be along the Captain ha- uh, Hammer lines, kind of a very stuffed shirt, pompous, full of himself, getting a lot of chicks on the side kind of superhero. I think that's a more realistic depiction of how superheroes really would be.
0: You're going to really like when the Powers TV show comes out, if, if that's what you, you think. But uh, I, I, I hear what you're saying, and Nathan Fillion did an amazing job with that. He, and he I mean, he really hammed it up. He, he was Mr. Cheesy on the inside, and that was <laughs> pretty awesome. Uh, as a matter of principle, I'm going to say Felicia Day. But globally,
1: the, album, yes.
0: uh, the creativity of that and taking a musical story about superheroes no one expected Fillion could sing. So it's just, yeah. uh, it was beautifully creative and they did an exceptional job. But let's turn to the legal issues because this is a story about a supervillain who's admitting crimes that he wants to commit on his video blog. Yeah. And then sets out to go kill Captain Hammer at the opening of the homeless shelter in order to get into the evil league of evil. So, you know, your blog post focused on the civil liability.
1: Yes, I'm a civil lawyer. I try to stay away from criminal if I can. So yes, I just focus more on the civil aspects, but there are obviously criminal aspects as well.
0: So looking at the civil aspect, uh, what were your thoughts on potential liability for Penny's death?
1: I think it's clear that Doctor Horrible is liable for basically building what we presume to be a defective death ray. Um, obviously, we would actually have to get the death ray and get the design schematics and test it, get experts involved, and all of that. But it's pretty clear that if it's dropped once and then it basically—I don't know if it misfires or so much explodes basically—and you know, into a million pieces, and obviously one of those pieces impales um, poor Penny. So, uh, but the death ray number one is obviously not—I don't think—a legal weapon. Either even um, under the NRA's broad definitions of what should be considered a legal gun, Um, and then also the fact that it's defective. So he wouldn't get any of the coverage that gun manufacturers get under many different statutes that protect them for liability from people using their guns to kill other people. So, by the fact that it's a defective uh, gun that didn't operate in the way that a reasonable superhero or any reasonable consumer would expect, I think he would be held liable civilly for the death of Penny because of his defective gun manufacturer.
0: I, I would agree with that. I, you know, while I did mostly civil litigation as well, I look at this immediately from the criminal point of view <laughs> because he went there with the intent to kill Captain Hammer, which we're now looking at murder one. Uh, full on criminal intent to go kill somebody with a death ray, so looking at that i I think that's all you know, all the civil issues are trumped because of that uh, you know I mean, the you know,
1: penny's family 's recovery here you know you 're not going to get much of a recovery from the criminal case you want to get dr evil's hordes of you know ill gotten gains.
0: He, Agreed, but I, I do see some issues with that. Just because you know they have a two-year statu- statute of limitations versus murder, which would have zero. I mean, there it they would never, you know, it would never expire. So you know, just just on on what Trump's what. Well, why don't we talk criminal responsibility?
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. So we, we have end up some... there with the intent to kill Doctor Ham- or Captain Hammer. But he doesn't kill Captain Hammer. In fact, he never fires, well, no, he doesn't fire the death ray. He tries to fire the freeze ray, which doesn't work either. He's not very good at making these guns or these rays. But he never fires the weapon.
0: This is true, but there was still the intent. So we're still looking at attempted. And, and this is where provocative act doctrine and transferred intent start coming into play because of you know you went there with the intent. You know, I, I would cite people V. Gonzalez from California from, from this year, yeah. I think from from July, where a boyfriend and girlfriend went out to go kill someone, girlfriend gave boyfriend loaded weapon, boyfriend and intended victim fight, intended victim kills boyfriend, and the girlfriend's, you know, uh, convicted of first-degree murder for the boyfriend's death based on the provocative act doctrine. Don't you think something, how would this be different uh, than the Dr. Horrible situation?
1: I do think it's different there because, again, we don't know, I don't know all the exact details of the Gonzalez case. But in that case, presumably, the victim had the gun and was shooting the gun in self-defense as part of this dangerous situation that the girlfriend and boyfriend created. I would distinguish, if I were Dr. Horrible's criminal attorney, which, God forbid, I would not be, But I would distinguish Dr. Horrible's case from saying, you know what, there was no need. Whatever intent Captain Hammer had, whatever dangerous situation or provocative acts that he had created, those all ended once he was basically under Captain Hammer's foot. There was no longer a dangerous situation. There was no longer the provocative act was over. And so Captain Hammer intentionally trying to shoot and now kill Dr. Horrible when there was no need to kill him, and we'll discuss uh, Captain Hammer's liability next, but the fact that he then affirmatively chooses to try and execute Doctor Horrible thereby washes out that truly is a superseding cause. And again, I don't know if they discuss superseding causes um, in the Gonzales case or in transferred intent cases generally, but that's where I would distinguish. This is not all part and parcel of the same kind of criminal act. There was a definite break. There was no longer a threatening situation, and then Captain Hammer affirmatively decided, "I'm going to shoot this guy for kicks and giggles."
0: Yeah, I I disagree, and I I I, I don't think that gets uh, I don't think Do- or Captain Hammer's taking the weapon and deciding to execute Doctor Horrible excuses Doctor Horrible from Penny's death. I still not
1: totally, but I can't see getting murder one for that. Maybe a manslaughter, but I just have a hard time. It was so clearly the dangerous situation was over. I just would have a hard time, even as a jury. And true, I do love Neil Patrick Harris, so maybe I'm biased, but I just have a hard time saying, yeah, okay, there you were under Captain Hammer's foot, and he's choosing to kill you. How are you responsible then criminally, not civilly, criminally for Penny's death as a result of Captain Hammer's evil intentions?
0: I I still think it would be, even though I'm not a criminal (laughs) defense attorney nor a DA, but I I do think – I do think there, there he doesn't get a, a free pass on that. That's not a mulligan. I don't think it's manslaughter, minimum uh, murder too. But I do think you could still get a murder one for creating that. But superhero, uh, super villain, criminal defense law is an entirely different podcast and <laughs> video for us to do.
1: I think we're going to try mock jury of this at some point. This might be a fun thing to actually try to a mock jury someday.
0: <laughs> it, it's entertaining. Let's. Let's talk about Captain Hammer, because that's, that's the issue that a lot of us get hung up on, is what's his responsibility, since he didn't incapacitate Dr. Horrible, literally, like you know, boot on his chest type incapacitate, mm-hmm. and gun pointed at him and deciding to effectively execute him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so th- how does that change
1: your analysis? Well, see, I think it's interesting. And this was purely coincidence. But the Captain Hammer situation is actually similar, or the analysis is pretty similar to what you did with the Han shot first analysis, um, the original version of the original Star Wars before George Lucas started mucking with everything. And, you know, as you pointed out very well, Han in that situation clearly did meet all the standards you need for kind of that proactive self-defense shooting of Guido. In this case, under that same analysis, I don't think Captain Hammer gets away with this. I mean, this was, at this point, it's hard not to argue that that was a cold-blooded execution he was trying to pull off. Not very superhero-like. What do you think?
0: Oh, it's, I, I think he would be guilty of uh, Penny's death because of mm-hmm. that. So I think both of them do not escape liability for it, You know, even though. Dr. Horrible created this situation initially, and then Captain Hammer increased it with Mortal Kombat and then taking it to the point of executing the supervillain. And so he was doing that with the intent to kill mm-hmm. Dr. Horrible. And so that was not a lawful arrest. I mean, that's not self-defense because mm-hmm. he had already won. So mm-hmm. I do see, you know. Transferred intent, or some, you know, with the weapon exploding, it was foreseeable that if you're going to, you know, kill someone, somebody else could be within the blast range or ricochet or anything like that, because he didn't know what the death ray would do. He didn't
1: That's know how
0: true. he didn't know how powerful it was. So I do see, I do see criminal liability and thus, you know, civil liability as well that could flow from that. From that, so from the civil sense, you know, there could probably be. You know, you know, comparative fault of of some kind. You know, you know, joint liability for what they.
1: Certainly a negligence. I mean, he was certainly at the very least negligent for doing what he was, or certainly reckless. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about uh, Captain Hammer's civil liability. And quite frankly, I don't know superheroes have as much money as the uh, criminals do. You know, so from a civil perspective, it may not be worth going after Captain Hammer. He may not have much besides his tight t-shirts.
0: Well, you know, this brings up the, you know, the Incredibles, you know, scenario with, you know, superheroes being being sued by people they've rescued, uh, who they kept from getting killed. So, you know, there there are definite, uh, wonderful issues from other pop culture references that we can embrace and explore. Uh, but I do think I do think he has civil liability, and I do think criminal liability, as well. And I don't think one cancels out the other in the case of Doctor Horrible and Captain Hammer, because Penny's dead any other situation
1: which is sad and again going back to Joss Whedon and how great he is that's what's so nice about his world of course everything's gray. it's never a nice clean divide good versus bad except maybe poor Penny was all good but um, otherwise there's you know there's a lot of gray and yeah everybody's at least a little bit bad
0: she helped the homeless and didn't eat meat I mean I understood why people (laughs) had a problem with her so you know it's uh. And Anne could sing, so, you know, it was, again, I mean, like, for the way that story was written during the writer's strike and, and the way it was released was profoundly creative, and again, you know, just, just a great production staff.
1: Oh, fantastic. Stop, so, do another I, one, please. Do another sing-along <laughs> vlog. And, and again, the
0: music, uh, who hasn't, you know, broken in into Brand New Day or My Freeze Ray? <laughs> we who won't hasn't? do
1: it here, but, yes, we have all done it.
0: So with that, uh, any closing comments, Jessica?
1: No, I think i said it all. Make my final appeal to Joss Whedon to do another sing-along vlog. That's all.
0: Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today. And stay tuned for more from the Legal Geeks. And uh, stay geeky, everyone. Stay geeky.